Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, we've been talking about this in some way, shape, or form, probably, I don't know, since May or June, about the notion that that movie theaters might just not even survive, or at least Mm. will be heavily impacted by shutdowns around the the COVID-19 pandemic. And um, it sounds like the people who really feed the movie theaters i have a significant concern now this is the colleen and bradley show my talk 1071 streaming live at my talk 1071.com everything entertainment colleen lindstrom bradley trainer hello so on wednesday uh a number of of uh directors and uh theater owners and um people that are heavily involved in motion pictures got together uh, 70 of them, to be exact, and wrote a letter to the U.S. Senate and the House of Rem- Representatives um, about the state of cinema in the United States mm-hmm. right now and the fact that it is suffering and that there is a, a strong likelihood that the cinema, as we know it, the theaters, the the movie theaters, as we know them, may not make it through the pandemic. It was a a letter that was signed by more than 70 directors and producers and also the National Association of Theater Owners, the Directors Guild of America, and the Motion Picture Association. And essentially, among other things, they said that 69% of small and mid-sized movie theater companies will be forced to file for bankruptcy or close permanently if they don't get some sort of financial help. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I think we've talked about this a little bit before about the idea of movie theaters suffering, but the reality that they just might not make it, that Mm -hmm. that post-pandemic cinema might include a landscape that does not include movie theaters. Yeah, they certainly are. I don't think we're going to live in a world that had the level of uh, movie theaters that we've got currently or that we had up until this point. I don't think that's possible. Same In the same way that I don't think we'll have as many restaurants as we used to. I think that will lead to a permanent change. Um, the movie industry in particular was already on the decline. I don't know, you know, specifically or numbers, but the talk for years has been, you know, how do we continue to have, um, you know, theaters growing? And it seems like the pandemic has done for a lot of industries um, what it appears to have done in the movie industry, and mm-hmm. that's to sort of hol- like it kind of exposes the weaknesses and the challenges that they were already facing are just, you know, are just multiplied by uh, a f- tenfold, right? Because right. Or um, accelerated. I mean, I think we've talked about this too in other businesses where 
a lot of times there were already existing issues, but the pandemic accelerated those and made it so that they had to be addressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't think that, that we are going to come out on the other side of the pandemic with the same number of movie theaters. And, you know, this particular industry is just facing what so many are, whether it's restaurants, whether it's the, you know, I think United and American just laid off like 30 some thousand uh employees i mean airlines there there are so many industries that are going to be permanently damaged Mm -hmm. and everyone is asking for help and you know so it really just is then a matter of who gets the help and that help is really only gonna get them to a certain point it's not gonna you know save them from prop them up permanently so it's just it's, it's terribly terribly sad the thing the the thing that um the thing that this got me thinking about, because we see them already, we see the movie industry already trying to make adjustments for the fact that butts just aren't in seats in theaters. Um, this is why we have the news of Mulan um, being available on streaming services. This is something that kind of was accelerated by the pandemic, the ability to stream a, move, a, a first run movie in your home was not something that was being done traditionally until we all were at home. And now they're they're having to kind of fast create a model for distribution that involves paying, you know, sometimes a hefty price of like $30 plus yeah. to be able to sit on your couch and watch a movie, first run movie for the first time. And on the one hand, like on a personal level, I'm excited about that, right? Because, duh, I was not, really going to the theaters anyway um but this does have the potential to change how movies are made too because movies are often made for the big screen yeah i think for the films that were made for the big screen this is a huge challenge for those who are making movies that they weren't as concerned this will be an incredible opportunity to sort of you know get more attention in this moment but when you you know Big blockbuster films are certainly not going to be the same if you can't pack people into big screen theaters. Right. Right. And, you know, Holly, we've talked, well, you've talked about this before. Actually, you both have talked about this before, but about the fact that, um, that, you know, the big blockbuster movies that we've enjoyed in America weren't actually made really, they're not trying to impress our audiences. Like the audience that movies are made for is usually the Chinese audience, right? Like China kind of dictates what well, yeah, I movies mean, are made. Right. Well, and that's a whole other bag. But China is the second biggest movie going uh, market in the world. But and, and movies, big movies are made for a global audience. So they're made. It's not just specifically for uh, regional tastes, so to speak. They have to speak on such a big, grand scale. And right. that's how they make their money back, because there are reports where it's like, well, a movie may not do, do so hot in the United States or it will be OK, but then it will be a blockbuster around the world so movie companies and are looking to make their profit in a global marketplace so and i don't know the answer to this but i i mean i think we know how american cinema like how american movie theaters are doing right based on this story but are they facing the exact same challenge across around the world right now well, I mean, it really depends on yeah. the country, right? It depends on, in China, um, you know, their theaters reopened a lot earlier than ours did, and they were able to probably, you know, volume-wise show a lot more films. I'm sure there's 
plenty throughout Europe that reopened, but now they're all facing, you know, increased cases. I mean, you probably had a lot of people going to theaters. I don't actually know if the theaters were reopened in New York, but, uh, you know, everybody's sort of doing something a little different based on where they're at. So, mm-hmm. and it's going to change, you know, for the foreseeable future, at least for the next year. Numbers will go up and down. Theaters will open and close. And I imagine that it's, I don't know what you do just sitting around waiting for your business to reopen without Mm -hmm. losing money constantly. Right. Well, I will say that the history of Hollywood is a history of adaptation. Mm -hmm. Movies and movie companies and distribution, it has all evolved over the course of 100 plus years. And so this is just another evolution another change in the way that we consume the product of hollywood so uh you know we'll they'll figure it out i mean they will figure it out because at the end of the day entertainment is not going away yeah i mean right theater is going to the theater and watching films at the level that we did prior to the pandemic is probably not going to come back that does not mean that there will not continue to be uh, a billion dollar movie industry in the world it will yeah. definitely be different there will be different winners and losers right um but but again like it's been like was the case with so many industries in the m- moment of covid you know change is coming a lot more quickly but it was always going to come so this is not change that wouldn't have happened anyway mm-hmm. um or that yeah, this is this is change that likely would have come over a longer period of time. Right. Um, so, you know, for those who I, I would imagine if you are a small theater owner, you are looking at opportunities to, you know, re um, reconfigure your business model right. because you just can't expect that within the next year you're going to be able to fill your seats. Which I mean, we don't we've already seen kind of happening incrementally. Um, because like you said, even prior to the ma- pandemic, there were cracks in yeah. in that industry, which is why you saw you've seen, you know, restaurants and bars popping up in your favorite movie theaters. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, well, we've got one movie star that we know is getting a new job. His name is Zach Efron. Oh, We're gonna tell you about God. him after this on My Talk 1071. Uh Zach Efron got a new job, guys. This is the Colleen and Bradley show. My Talk 1071 streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hi. Hi. What's going on? Zach Efron got a job. He got a jobby job. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah, we haven't talked about this yet. Um, but actually, we now know, according to uh, Universal, that um, Zach Efron is going to be in a new version of that wonderful 1984 Drew Barrymore classic. Firestarter. Is that Drew Barrymore? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she is not in the movie, I don't think. But Zach Efron <laughs> is. And she is um, not involved. Per a press release from Universal, Zach has signed on to star in Firestarter. We don't know his specific role yet. Uh people that postulate such things on the interwebs anyway think he's going to be playing andrew mcgee the young father forced to go on the run with his gifted daughter when they're hunted by a government agency known as the shop i did see that movie sorry yeah i I feel like didn't everybody see firestarter it's like a classic i guess yeah i just uh had forgotten that i had seen it um so it's going to be directed by somebody named keith thomas who you might know from such films as I don't know. I don't know. Hollywood, no. <laughs> I actually don't know. 
either. So yeah. he's a guy. He's uh, a, he's I a, looked <laughs> him up. It doesn't say anything. The screenplay is being written by Halloween Kills co-writer Scott Teams. I don't know who that is. Um, so I don't really care. Ugh. But all I do care about is the opportunity for uh, Daddy Zach Efron to show up and make us all mm. pant. Mm-hmm. With pants. Zaddy Zach! Zaddy Zach. So, you know what's interesting about this? Uh, I like to rewind to a conversation that we had a couple weeks ago about Zach and his lady gal, whose name is Nadia Komenich. What's her name? Oh. Vanessa? Yeah, Vanessa. Vanessa Hudgens? No. No. <laughs> no, it's Vanessa. Pa- Papadillo? Papadopolit? Papa. Oh my Papa God. John's? What is it again? <laughs> anyway, Paradiso? Anywho, that's it. No. No. <laughs> anyway, he's got this lady in Byron Bay um, that he, you know, has just been hanging out with. She used to be a waitress at the cafe that he went to. A cafe. Mm hmm. Anyway. Valadaris. Val- thank you. So close. Van- oh, it is so Vanessa. Close. Yeah, Vanessa Valadaris. <laughs> we we don't care about her. Everything we've said. Why would we even remember her name? But do you remember a report? That uh, we read about two weeks ago that the two of them had a lover's quarrel in public. Yeah, because he needed to come back to work. And he was he was torn between coming back to work and his new love. And so clearly this is the project. Yes. No, it actually I think it was a totally different project. But like three men and a baby. Yeah. Because that he, hasn't even started filming. You guys, yet. he really is living into the daddy roles. Daddy. Yes. God, I can't wait for that. Cradle me. I still. Where's my diaper? <laughs> okay. Put me in a diaper, coach. I'm ready for the game. Like um, we're Bradley here today. Wants to be cradled by. Zach we're here today for tryouts for the role of the baby yeah. and three men and a baby. We've got little uh, Dakota and uh, Corbin and. Bradley Trainer forty six. <laughs> what? Wrong audition. Goo-goo That's gaga. two doors down. <laughs> Daddy. Gaga. Daddy. Daddy. Uh, where's that guy from? I'm a method actor. <laughs> I'm feeling very uncomfortable right now. You know oh, what they do yeah. say? Because mm-hmm. you do... haven't thought of yourself as an adult baby in Zach Efron's <laughs> arms. Sure. Okay, Halls. They do say, Bradley, I don't know if you know this. Um, Who's they? They, being the medical community, will tell you that the best thing for a baby is to have skin-to-skin contact with their parent. So... I just want you to know it is for your audition as the baby in Three Men and a Baby. It is perfectly permissible for like, you to uh, say, "Can actually, you? You have to take your shirt off." It helps keep their like. It's like a body temperature thing. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I just want to give you some ammunition for your audition. Um, men don't breastfeed. Um, I can just see the, the, the see casting that. director off camera. <laughs> Uh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like this. Uh, he's trying to. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson. 
Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs> um, I, I would as not much be as that would, inappropriate. As much as I would like to stay with this line of conversation about Bradley Trainer auditioning for like the you wouldn't do it like you wouldn't get on all fours and waddle around like a toddler um i would for zach efron i would probably like maybe audition for the the female love interest so you're saying you wouldn't be a baby i would not be a baby for zach efron holly. no i mean holly's wow. the least you guys are least, you are not even, committed holly's not even committed to zach efron at all yeah i only commit to support both of you thank you Thank you. It's- oh, cute. I like what you did there. Oh, yes. No, I'm, I'll am i be there to support you. Holly, quick question about Zac Efron. When you see pictures of him with his shirt off, do you have even a, a tiny feeling about it? Not even a tingle. Really? No. His shoulders are small. I what? mean, I what don't that know mean? that I can actually find a flawed part of his body, if I'm being very honest. His shoulders are narrow. Bradley, are you seeing that? I guess I, I, I would never have contemplated the, the distance from his shoulders. I will say, okay, so he, you guys want to know the truth. Oh, have you been lying to us all Mostly. this time? Can we no. handle it? Yeah. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. Oh, man, he is. Oof. He what? is a fine looking young man. He really is. But he's almost too good looking. But there is a quality to him that he had achieved recently that was a little too much for me. Was it the, like, uh, like I, I'm a mountain man. Look, was it the bleached hair? It's like look? the super ripped, like like unnaturally ripped. Yeah, like look, just Google Zac Efron shirtless, and then I would assume this is around Baywatch time. Yeah, that was not. I don't. Th- he that was like was... super lean in a way that was like scary. Yeah. Like he had his abs had abs. Oh. And frankly, that's a little terrifying. No, he's not there anymore, though, because if you look up Zac Efron dad bod. Yeah, much better. That now we're talking. Yeah. I mean, he's let the hair grow out, yeah. which I don't usually puffy. get into. But I'm like here yeah. for this whole look. Thick. Okay. Oh, so, okay. Oh, yeah. oh. Now, see, now she has see, the tingle. Now when she's we come not back. looking at his shoulders. Now you're putting on a diaper. <laughs> when we come back, we got celebrities behaving badly. We call them D-bags after this. Celebrities behaving badly. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 1071, streaming live at mytalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. And we have a name for them. That name is. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Oh, thanks for asking. My D bag today is named Kylie Jenneropoulos. Oh, I hope it's for the same reason that I find her to be a D bag today. Well, she's, you know. Frequent flyer. Uh, Kylie Jenner sent her daughter Stormy to school, her first day of school, which, by the way, was home because we're not doing that. But anyway, she did the picture with the first day also, of school. How old is she? How old is she? How old is she? Uh, Stormy is what? Th- Three? Two? Two. 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 She's two years old. Okay. All right. She sent her two-year-old daughter to school today in a $12,000 Hermes backpack. 
So the child showed up for her first day of school, really, again, just went outside to take a picture, which is cute. You know, it's adorable. We're doing things differently, but it's still cute. And she's got a cute little face, and she's a cute little baby. And um, she's wearing a cute little backpack. Okay. And the backpack is $12,000. That I can't. $12,000. I, I cannot even. I can't. Did I say I could? Because I can't. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Two-year-old wearing a... Tw- I don't know why I'm surprised by this. I'm not surprised. $12,000 backpack? Yep, $12,000 backpack, and uh, that didn't sit well with a lot of people. Well, I mean, good. I, you know, sometimes it's like, it's like, um, I don't like to, to use violent metaphors because it just, uh, for whatever reason, I'm not a violent person myself. Right. No, he's a lover, not a fighter. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Um, but it's, it's like poking, um, jello in a big bucket of jello. Excuse me? What? Like shooting fish in a barrel, but. Really, I don't oh. want to say shooting fish in a barrel. Okay, so, so it's, it's like, like poking, poking jello, jello in, in a, a jello barrel bowl. of jello. Okay, uh-huh. I'm saying it's so uh, it's, it's so, so easy, so easy <laughs> to make fun of rich people yeah. or to look you know look down our nose at rich people for being so rich. But like, I know there's the, to her audience, they love this stuff. Yeah, but it tell it's so tone deaf to like the rest of the world, especially the world that we live in right now. Yeah. You have twelve thousand dollars. We literally just did a segment on how, you know, the movie industry is cratering. And um, I don't know if you know this. Who are most of the people that work in the movie industry when it comes to movie theaters? Low wage workers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The people that take your ticket. Mm-hmm. The people that scoop your popcorn mm-hmm. the pe- like they you know they yeah they probably make a little bit more than 12,000 a year but not much Mm-mm. and this 2 year old is trotting around with their salary strapped to her back and yeah. by the way for I don't nothing know if you know it's this. just it's just for show because right. they're not actually doing anything well and i'd also like to just yeah I mean, I was going to apply logic to the situation, and that's just not welcome here. So I'm going to not, I'm going to back out of that because I was about to just like talk about what it's like to live in the real world, but th- this is so far disconnected from the real world that it's not even worth making the comparison, is all I'm trying to say. Thank you. Bye. Wow. That was a journey. You might as well, well Matt, take us on the journey. Well, no, all I was going to say is like the typical kid, like, gets a backpack and then uses that for a period of time. Like, I don't know, my kids' backpacks, I got them backpacks, durable backpacks that would last them many, 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 many years. And what you know about this little Hermes backpack is that it was for a photo op and that we shan't ever see that thing again. Oh, yeah. That's going to go in her like Hermes backpack closet right? that she has. And, and I'm talking about Stormy. Have, yes. Stormy's backpack yeah. closet, because I bet she has one. And to your point, will not actually be used. Right. So, like, it's she's so, so that's what I mean by it. this. It's so stupid to even hold those two things next to each other because Kylie Jenner isn't thinking like a regular, normal mom who's like, I got to, if I'm going to spend money on this 
and they're going to use it and they're going to use it hard. I got to figure out how to get the thing for the least amount of money that's going to um, that's going to carry them through the most amount of time. And she doesn't even have to that doesn't even have to enter into her mind. So the point of me not going down that avenue was that that's logical and logic doesn't, and logic doesn't isn't apply. showing up here. Yeah. They don't need to have logic because they got money. Money doesn't require logic. Are you crazy? It's, I can't even. I no, thank you. Yeah. Would you like to know who my D-bag is? But of course. It's Jada Pinkett Smith. Oh, God. Didn't you just talk about these two? I did. Um, I did the other day because of the conversation that she had with her daughter, Willow, on their tell-all Facebook show, uh, The Red Table Talks where Willow said she was proud of her mother for the way that she uh, handled her affair with August Elsina. This is um this is all based on a story on Showbiz Cheat Sheet, which is just like a Lies. dumb it, it's just like a Rash. they do this thing where they find a quote from like 7 years ago and then write a new story around it. But and you think it's news and then you write no. Right. So like maybe they're the D-bag, but also this is kind of a D-baggy thing that she has said that I was like, oh, I don't think I remember her ever saying that, but I'm going to call her a D-bag for this. And yet at the same time, it's another one of those conversations where logic doesn't actually apply because I'm confront. I'm like in this conversation as a, a mom to kids in a normal world. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's there. Nothing about their arrangement is normal, but The headline of the Showbiz Cheat Sheet article is, quote, Jada Pinkett Smith felt resentment over having kids, Jaden and Willow, had to, quote, work through regret over motherhood. And the, the mom that I am reads that and thinks, oh, my word. She said those things out loud in a world where her children could hear those and internalize those words. Yeah. And essentially what the article is about is about uh, Jada Pinkett Smith feeling like saying that she never wanted to have children and she never wanted to get married. And so when she found herself going down the road of getting married, which she first of all didn't even agree with, she knew the next thing she was going to have to do, quote, was have children. And so... That's a way to look at it. Oh, my gosh. I was going to have to get married and I was going to have to have kids. Right. She says, I was so under so much pressure being such a young actress, being young, pregnant. I was like, I didn't know what to do, but I knew I never wanted to be married. She said that she cried the whole way down the aisle at her very own wedding. She said, I just never really agreed with the construct. I still don't. Till death do us part. We know that because you've spent the last however many years telling us how different and evolved you are right. about the way the world works. Mm-hmm. She said, Till Death Do Us Part is real for me, but all the rules and all the ideas, this title wife, the accepted conventional definition of wife in the paradigm, I'm not that. Um, and then she just has to say that, she, oh. or she goes on to basically say that she uh, she resented having kids and had to get good. I know. The face you're making is what my insides are doing. Bradley's eyes are rolling so far back in his head. My head almost fell off. Yeah. He can see the floor. So here's the problem I have with this. Get ready. Buckle in. (laughs) Jada Pinkett Smith. Mm -hmm. She is the problem. 
she's doing that thing that you and me and I imagine Holly and a lot of our listeners have done at some point in our life, probably most often, most likely in our early 20s when we were naive and Mm -hmm. not as keen on the world. And we would we would craft a narrative for our life choices that sort of sounded that that represented who we thought we were Mm -hmm. and was like writing our own like novel. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is like, it's like me saying, yeah, I'm just, uh, I don't know how to do this without it. Just, uh, okay. So I'm the gay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that means that, uh, in my life, most likely I wasn't going to be burdened by a lot of the same expectations that non the gay people are Mm -hmm. right. So like marriage and wedding and all that stuff, but I could do those things if I wanted Mm -hmm. right now, Mm -hmm. um, because the way things are, but it would be like me lecturing you on like, you know, how I I don't know quite how to, to say this. It's just, it sounds like a story she's trying to tell herself that's not true, right? right? Like, it's just that that's the life you chose. Mm -hmm. You chose to get married. You chose to have kids. You were not forced to marry and forced to have kids, right? Like, you're just trying to say the words that way to tell a story about yourself, which is that you are better than everyone else who just gave in Mm -hmm. to getting married Mm -hmm. and gave in to having children. And it's also a weirdly twisted back side way of saying, of trying to have it both ways of like trying to appeal to the people who have a conventional marriage because you have a conventional marriage, but also trying to appeal to this other, you know, group of people who don't believe in the construct of marriage. Yeah. Right. So she's trying to like get all of the dishes at the buffet. Yeah. She, I mean it, and, and to be fair, she's not the only one to do this again. I think it's, it's just, it's, it comes across in a very like immature way when you like tell people like, well, I, I chose not to have children so that I could focus on my career. Like, I don't know that that's probably true. That's just the way it happened. And there doesn't always need to be a narrative, Mm -hmm. right? Like, those are just the choices you made. Mm -hmm. And there doesn't need to be some big, long storyline to justify it that puts you in a light that makes you seem more highly evolved than the rest of the world. Yes, Holly, did you have something you wanted to share with the group? Yes. What was it? Sometimes things just happen. Yeah. Right? Yes. Sometimes things just happen, and you don't have to explain your choices to anyone. Unless you have a television show that you want people to watch, I suppose. So that's the other piece of this, is like, you nobody asked ding ding (laughs) nobody asked and nobody's been asking nobody's been no it's not and and i think that this is a fair criticism like well why do you have such an opinion about her having opinions and it's just because i think it's the manner in which she has opinions that i take issue with Mm -hmm. because anybody is entitled to have opinions sure um but it's always it always seems in service of something that seems a little too um perfect mm-hmm. or i don't know i don't well, know i guess i haven't done enough introspection to determine what my ultimate criticism is with 
Jada Pinkett but, Smith. But it always seems very concerned with telling the world what kind of a person she is. Yeah. Which, by the way, I just want to add this. If you are the type of person who needs to tell everybody what type of person you're you are. You're not that person. You're not actually that person. Yeah, you're trying to convince show, yourself. Show, don't yeah, tell. I like that, yeah. Show, don't tell. Next, we're going to find out what kind of person Kelly Clarkson is because her Ooh. divorce is getting messy. <laughs> we'll tell you about it after this on my Talk 1071. Um, This Kelly Clarkson divorce is going to get real messy. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainor. Um, and uh okay. You are absolutely gonna maybe you already know this, but your mind will be blown when okay, you know the next step Blow in the my Kelly mind. Clarkson divorce. So as you recall, uh Kelly Clarkson and, and her husband Brandon Blackstock filed for divorce and it came as a surprise to us, but Kelly says it also came as a surprise to her. We have speculated that perhaps there was some um, side hanky panky happening on his behalf, right? Yeah, there was a blind item from Enti lawyer that said he was a cheater, cheater, McPants. McPants. Well, check this out. Now, Kelly Clarkson is being sued by her management company. Now, her management company is owned by her 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 soon to be her estranged her her estranged husband Brandon Blackstock's father, Narvel Blackstock. So now she's in the middle of a divorce, and her estranged husband's father's company, who's her management company, is suing her. Oh, I know. Okay, so here's why. Because I bet you want to know why. Do you want to know why? I want to know why. Okay, so they filed a lawsuit in Los Angeles Superior Court on Tuesday claiming that Kelly Clarkson owes them, that would be her management company, over $1.4 million in unpaid commissions this year, plus uh, $1.9 million that she already paid, so, or in addition to the $1.9 million she's already paid. So... She has shorted them $1.4 million, according to the lawsuit. So Starstruck, which is the name of the company, has represented her for 13 years. And she allegedly, according to the suit, had a verbal contract with the company since 2007, which outlines that she would pay them 15% commissions on her gross earnings. Okay. The lawsuit is claiming that the total commission for her work, both on the Kelly Clarkson show and The Voice this year, uh, equals that big extra amount of money that she has not paid altogether. Okay, so timely shenanigans. I just think this is going to add a level of complication to this, which is also interesting, by the way. That she is trying to kind of keep mom and she uses her kids, at, which I'm not saying she's using them as the reason because they're not a reason. All can be true, right? She she can be wanting to protect her children and also be wanting to protect herself from the fact that there's this big uh, lawsuit hanging over her head in the middle of her divorce. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, clearly there's a lot going on. It's hard to know. Um she's not going to talk about it, right? Right. 
But because this, she already talked about the fact that she's, she's not, not going to talk about it. Yeah. And she says she doesn't want to talk Although about it because she she's trying to protect the children. is actually talking about it. By not talking about clear. it, she's talking about it. Yeah. She's, well, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if we do hear more about it when the time is right. Um, because, you know, celebrities who live their lives in the public generally tend to find a way to make things public when it suits them. Right. So... so- we shouldn't be too, you know, like people say, well, it's off limits. We shouldn't talk about it. Well, this is a person who has lived other parts of their life out in the open. So I think we're entitled to ask questions and she doesn't have to answer, certainly. But it wouldn't surprise me if like other celebrities, she'll use um, bits and pieces of her private life for publicity when it suits, you know, whatever narrative she's trying to put out. Mm-hmm. The thing that I'm curious about that I don't have an answer to is with this divorce, will she, well, I, I would she must have already moved or is planning to move to a different management company, right? Because how do you stay with your estranged husband's father's management company, who's also, by the way, suing you? Right, that, I mean, that would like make an, things a little an awkward. That would not probably be real comfortable. Yeah. yeah, I'm just saying, Holly. I I'm putting you on the spot, but yeah. do you know has any lawyer said anything about this? Not about this specifically, but about something we were just talking about. Ooh. So this is a blind item, and I think we read this on the show mm-hmm. maybe a couple of weeks ago. But here is a blind item concerning Kelly Clarkson talking about her divorce. The singer-turned-talk show host wants to tell everything about her divorce, but is going to figure out a way to monetize it first. Mm. NT lawyers suggest go back and read his reveals on crazydaysandnights.net, and you don't have to wait. Oh, interesting. So again, it's the, like, because NT lawyer is the one who told us that Brandon Blackstock was a cheating with cheetah pants. And probably part of the reason why they ended up at that Montana ranch is Montana, right? was because there weren't any other ladies around for him to be hanking mm-hmm. and hanging Well, it was with. one room, so it's not like he could get out of her sight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, th- I just think this is going to get real messy. And th- the thing about Kelly Clarkson is, by all accounts, she really is like as amazing and generous and kind as she is on television, or as people think she is, mm-hmm. right? So I don't, I don't know that... I don't suspect her of doing anything you know bad or wrong i'm just i'm what i'm saying is it sounds like she got entangled with some big bad baddies between her management company and her husband yeah Mm, but it's gonna get messy well i look forward to reading about it Mm -hmm. and hearing when when hearing the report on the report once she gets paid enough to talk about it exactly um I want to set up what we want to talk about next because I think we can have some fun with this. So Papa Murphy's is doing a um, uh, a contest where they want to find the oldest homemade or like what is that called frozen pizza mm-hmm. in somebody's pizza. freezer in America, uh, and. It led me to wonder, and you also, Bradley, to wonder, what is the oldest thing people have in their freezer? So we're asking you to give us a call at 651-641-1071 and tell us what the oldest thing in your freezer is. 
Six five one. It doesn't have to be the oldest frozen pizza. Just any old thing. Just any old old thing. And I actually would like to add this. Will you eat it? Ew. Well, I'm curious because otherwise, why is it in your freezer? Why is it in your freezer. You planning to out. eat it at some point? Six five one six four one one zero seven one. What is the oldest thing in your freezer? We'll take your calls after this on my talk one zero seven one. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com/hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.